Hey, this is Channing. And this is Leah. And you reached Vessel, Art is a Doorway. And this is our love letter to you all, our response to COVID-19. Wow. Um, This is a love letter to all of our audience, really to the world, in response to COVID-19. So much has changed um, since we began this podcast. We started recording the podcast almost 45 days ago, and we actually wanted to release it. But when March 13th happened, it was just like the world just changed. It just flipped upside down, and it changed everything. My work changed as a healthcare worker. Um, it was no longer a, a light day going into work. And Um, seeing so many people, how they're affected by this virus, whether it be advertently or inadvertently, it really just breaks my heart. So how has it been for you as a healthcare worker, a first responder in um, dealing with the COVID-19? Yeah, I kind of wonder about me being a first responder, kind of like some of these people. But um, I, I am really involved when it comes to uh, critical care at the hospital because um, right now, as was discussed on many of the announcements, um, really um, no longer any more elective cases will be done. But it really breaks your heart when you see some of these patients that come through and you see their interaction um, no longer being able to see their families. That really, um, you feel so bad for them. And you know some of these patients are actually watching the news and they're seeing what's happening in the world today. So, so many people are being affected. Um, I got a phone call from a family member recently and they told me not to go to work. And how could my conscience allow me not to go to work? You know, as healthcare workers, it's really like, I keep saying it uh, to to my coworkers, it's like we're running towards the fire. Um, we cannot stop doing what we do because it really means the, the patient's life. And so really, my heart, um, we said that this is like a love letter to the world. My heart goes out to all of you who have been affected, and especially the healthcare workers, because we come in every day and we take care of these people, uh, not afraid We know that this disease is killing people, but my heart, I just want to give nothing but due respect for all of you as healthcare workers, whether you be doctors, nurses, or techs like me, or even if you're not necessarily even a healthcare worker, maybe you're just working in EVS. That's not just working. We appreciate you. If you're working in a cafeteria, anywhere in the hospital, we really want to thank you. Thank you so much. And also, we don't want to forget the police officers and the firemen, and any essential business personnel, whether it be you working at a grocery store or you sweeping the streets. We know that many people, um, despite the fact that they're putting their health at risk, they're still providing a service for the community. So we really appreciate each and every one of you. I really respect all of you guys in the medical community and you, Channing. 
um, for the sacrifices that you're making because you really are putting your health in danger. And it's not just that, well, especially now. Um, I haven't had, during this crisis, I haven't had the same type of um, uh, difficulties maybe that that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Because most of the time I'm working from the studio, uh, which has its positives and negatives. Yeah. In a sense, it's like I'm already kind of, um, uh, was it social distancing has been naturally part of my life and this, right. you know, being in the <laughs> right. arts field. Um, but uh, one thing that has been new is that I've had to, I had a show that I was working on for about six months that had to be canceled. Yeah. And then there are some other jobs for murals that, are yeah, put on yeah. hold for now. Yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about that. Like you, <laughs> since you're always in the studio, it's almost like you're already social distancing. But um, how has this really changed your practice, Leah? Well, what I'm trying to do, uh, since I can't have the show, uh, like the, the the actual like brick and mortar show, I'm looking to figure out how to give people an immersive experience by pushing technology as much as possible. So I'm spending my my time, the time that I was going to use to really finish up the show and get everything ready to do that. Also, you know, I realized that I'm not important. I think that's what a lot of people that we've been having conversations with are more concerned about other people and trying to keep our family safe, trying to stay healthy, and trying to just all get through it on the world scene. So what do you think this means for a lot of artists and other creatives in this uh, time period that we're entering into? You know, like with the economy starting to slide down because of this and because of possibly, probably, you know, you know, I think there was few financial analysts were kind of talking a little bit about um, possible recession anyway. But um, I was just kind of looking up what some of the other artists did during the time of the depression, just to learn and, and just to kind of get ideas on how to, because more and more will be, as you guys who are listening in will find out as we're having conversations with people art for art's sake is wonderful and is important but it also is a really powerful tool and the tool that we can um use for ourselves and I'm not talking about even just creating art I'm talking about consuming it and it was interesting as I was doing research on the depression and on artists at that time, um, I came a I came across an article on from on history.com. It was released actually a couple of years ago. It's called Artist of the New Deal. And what it is is it meant the first paragraph says the New Deal was one of President Roosevelt's efforts to end the Great Depression. Art projects were a major part of this series of federal relief programs, like the Public Works of Art Project. And then down farther, it mentions how these artists were directly funded, these visual artists were directly funded, 
and it says provided posters for other agencies like the Social Security Administration and the National Park Service, and um, it or also organized traveling art shows before it ceased operations in 1943. But the interesting part of that to me was it really shows, and it, again, how art is like one of those things where sometimes on the surface to some people, some people may feel like it's superficial, but a lot of these artists, when you look at their works, like Diego Riviera was one of the ones that was employed, um, you know, the, the this New Deal program using artists, and he things were used, and it, there's some amazing photographers, like probably even if some of the most famous, famous or well-known rather photography that people when people associate photography and the great depression it was funded by this thing uh, by this particular uh project the public works arts project and the federal art project and things like that meeting yeah that's pretty cool Leah so basically I, I, I'm gonna have to investigate that article again um so it, it, it almost seems like FDR, he basically was able to touch into the fact that actually building up a community with art will actually help the economy. And that's so crazy because I remember when the first time when we came to L.A., um, almost about like 13, 14 years ago, um, we actually came to the arts district. And I remember speaking to one of the stores um, at the time, there was the owner of Guerrilla uh, Atelier, and he actually told me that. Um, what happened out here in the arts district in Los Angeles was that artists moved in and they actually boosted the neighborhood by actually putting up murals and artwork. So really that I can totally see how um, by giving artists more jobs, how it could actually fuel the economy. So that's really interesting, Leah. So listen, so seeing that is encouraging for me and also kind of it, the fact that I get to look back at these artists and see how they were used to or how they used art to upbuild others um and to be able to go back and, and study some of the subjects some of the things they've painted some of the pictures that they took some of the ways uh art was used to encourage people it's not really something that I had really heard very much about and I think that that will really be good for me to, I'm looking forward, even though all of this is crazy, you know, being creative people, it just pushes you to get more creative, see how you can encourage people, see how you can uh, help help people question, help people just navigate, or just something for people to just take a break, you know, Man, that's so true, because really when artists and other creatives, they uh, get on any type of platform and they start creating things, it's almost um, really when you think about it, they're really providing a service or some type of function for the community. So um, that's really interesting, Leah. You know, in this uh, podcast today, um, we're going to be taking snippets of some of the interviews that we've actually had with people. Um, so if you hear a different person's voice audience, <laughs> it, it's because we're taking snippets of some of the many interviews that we've been able to have. We were able to uh, interview uh, musicians and architects and artists and 
um, curators even. And this discussion right now really reminds me of um, the interview that we had with the, um, with the great Billy Gross um, of BG Gallery. Um, he actually, uh, we, we did a Zoom meeting uh, with him and actually he talked about uh, some of the changes that some of the galleries are gonna have. As a matter of fact, take a listen to this first snippet. probably want art in your home to soothe you through these times. This is a time where you want anything that can put your mind off what's going on in the, in the world right now. And art's something that can do that. So basically it's just being creative and figuring that out because every show has been canceled. Um, I mean, they canceled Armory Week and New York. I mean, they've canceled everything. There's not really anything going on. I don't know any fairs that haven't been canceled. Um, so basically, when you can't go out, you have to figure out another way to consume art, and that's gonna be online platforms, virtual exhibits, things that get creative. Um, if you're not getting creative right now and you're just hoping this is gonna end, your gallery's probably not gonna be around much longer. Wow. Yeah, I really enjoyed having that conversation with Billy. It was just really encouraging for me and you to sit back and just have a discussion um, about how to pivot even during this time of craziness right now. And it actually reminded me of a conversation we've had when we were interviewing Anna Hinton. And it's so, it's really interesting. And it was sort of serendipitous just because like it was before we had this conversation with her before all of this happened. And what she said was just so appropriate to right now. In fact, here you guys, we're gonna play a clip for you right now. So a little bit about that uh, mathematician that you were talking about. So Katherine Johnson, you know, I had to rewatch that story and reread all of that because I just think it's so amazing that you, know, you celebrate the person who makes it on the moon, but then the amount of work and the incredible people and all the math and organization and everything that takes to achieve that. Um, you know, these are pioneers. These are the, the, the things that always inspire me. So whenever I look at a creative act or a piece of innovation, like I'm always fascinated with all the layers and steps that go behind it and how much intention has to be there and how much faith. Like, so this, this woman, you know, is along with a huge team of people, of course, not just one person, but, you know, had to calculate all these things and have enough faith you know, all these people had to have enough faith in everything they were doing to make this journey happen. So, you know, when you start a business, when you start any endeavor, like you have these dreams, you have these plans, you have this math, you have this research, you have whatever it is, and then you kind of take that leap and you hope everything goes according to plan. So um, sometimes that, can, that same thing can be attributed to something very small, like making something on the wheel. You kind of have an intention there. Like you think it's going to come out one way, and the clay starts going another way, and then you have to pivot. So um, I, I feel like everything I look at is sort of you have this plan, you're kind of jumping into an unknown, and then you have to be able to go with it. I'm just looking forward to using some of the things that I'm learning from the, the artists of the past, from other people, not even just artists, other people from the past, and also figuring out the technology that we have now, 
of course, because the difference between back then and now is like if this uh, coronavirus or the COVID-19, it's like it forces us to be separate in a way. But I think because of that, now we all really appreciate a lot of us um, humans really appreciate that being able to talk to each other and connect with each other now that it's sort of being taken away from us. Yeah, it's so funny that you said that because living out here in the arts district where uh, everybody just kind of basically like they're putting their blinders on and they're just moving forward. And normally they're always on their cell phones. I've been noticing that uh, some of our neighbors, they actually want to talk. And I really welcome that. I enjoy that, you know, so, yeah. And so it's making me approach things in a different way and I've have some ideas that I'm really excited about that I really hope um encourages people despite this time that we're living in well yeah yeah that's pretty fascinating Leah I remember when you showed me that article that was very interesting seeing how Franklin D Roosevelt how he employed all this artists all these artists rather and how by employing all those uh, fabulous artists, how it had an effect on the economy. It wasn't just that people were feeling sorry for these artists. These artists had a domino effect that actually boosted the economy. So that is really amazing when we think about that. Exactly. And so that's why I'm really excited about this podcast, because our hope is that as you, the audience, listen, and honestly, us being beneficial um, stewards, really, as it were, of all these people that we're interviewing, um, our hope is that not only you learn about these really smart, amazing, talented creatives and people that uh, collect art and also facilitate art for others in some way. Not only you learn about them, but you also learn about yourself. And as you interact with different parts of the world, our hope is that you notice the hidden things around you that maybe you hadn't noticed before. And you'll come to know the people behind these aesthetics, how they intentionally help us feel a certain way. So without further ado, we won't keep wetting your appetite. Let's get started. 